Um, so as usual, we begin, uh, Hannah, uh, faith that prays. Yes. And as usual, we begin with the first question. Question number one. What are some of the more unusual prayers you've heard? What are some of the more unusual prayers? You heard somebody praying and it was an unusual prayer. Never heard any prayer like that before. Anybody? Raise their loved one from the dead. Raise their loved one from Whoa. the dead. Wow. There was a story about two sisters about like that uh, some years ago. Their father died and they didn't call the authorities and they were there in the household for, for days, almost a whole week, praying that the Lord would raise the body to life. And somebody found out and they called the authorities. He must have stopped. Yeah, he was on the verge. Anybody else? Are women that are barren um, to bear children. Okay. Women that are barren to bear children. Okay. Uh, let's look at Bible Meets Life. Our guest evangelists encourage our congregation to share prayer needs. One by one, people poured their hearts out to the Lord, including my friend Hester. Hester struggled with infertility and I heard a plea with God to provide a much-desired child. Women gathered around her, asking God to intervene. We had confidence God heard our prayer, and we anxiously waited for his response. But as the years passed, Hester and her husband experienced a failed adoption and financial struggles. Nevertheless, she kept praying. Then, at the age of 42, Hester got sick. The doctor suspected a mass on her ovaries but she needed tests. During an ultrasound, the doctor exclaimed, There it is! Dazed and concerned, Hester began crying, fearing the worst. But it wasn't a mass. It was a miracle baby. Eli was born prematurely a few months later, but he is thriving today as a healthy young man. God heard the cries of my friend, just as he heard Hannah pray centuries earlier. Hester did what Hannah had, had modeled. Both women prayed persistently and faithfully. Okay, God hears the cry of our hearts as we pray persistently and, and faithfully. What is the point? Pray with confidence. God hears. That's right, always praying with confidence because God's ear is never deaf. When problems arise, many people become paralyzed with worry and, or angst or anger, anxiety. Others are determined to fix the problem themselves. Unfortunately, not every situation in life is easily fixed or corrected. In those moments, many just accept the situation or let worry take over. But faith in God offers a better approach, trust. Hannah shows us the value of exercising our faith in God by praying to him for the answer that we need. Notice now, not the answer we want, but the answer we need, because the answer we want is not always the answer we need. We realize that, right? Oh, yeah. And that has happened many times. Many. Okay, before we look at uh, the setting, <coughs> let's pray. Lord, teach us to pray in all of life's circumstances and to trust you and you alone with the results because you always know what is best. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, before we look at the first passage we have, that's 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, and verses 9 to 11. Let me give you the setting. 
The book of 1 Samuel presents the historical bridge from the judges until the death of Moses' first king, the death of, death of Israel's first king. Saul, Israel's first king was Saul. Samuel's father was Elkanah. His mother was Hannah, who was childless at the time. Hannah prayed confidently. God heard her prayer and gave her a son, Samuel. As soon as he was weaned, Hannah gave him to the Lord by delivering him to live and serve with Eli the priest. And remember, Eli had two wicked, disgusting boys, right? Uh, and it's amazing that um, Samuel never was influenced by those boys because God had his hand on his life. Okay, let's look at the first passage we have. Someone who want to take that one? There was a man from Ramathim. Is that right? Yeah, Ramathim. Ramathim, Sophim, in the hill country of Ephraim. His name was Elkanah. Elkanah. Elkanah, son of Jerohom. Jerohom. Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> Just go on. Just go on. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. So, uh, you call it. Uh, you more yeah. read it. Yeah. I'll read it. Go to okay. Go there was a man from Ramathan Zophim in the hill country of Ephraim. His name of Elkanai, son of Joram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuch, and son of Ephraimite. He had two wives, the first name Hannah and the second Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah was childless. On one occasion, Hannah got up after they ate and drank at Shiloh. The priest Eli was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me, and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and his hair will never be cut. Keyword Shiloh 1 9. About 30 miles north of Jerusalem and the location of the Ark of the Covenant, from there the end of, Josh, of Joshua's life until the Philistines captured it. In this passage, we are introduced to a man named Elkaniah and his two wives, Hannah and Paniah. The Israelites considered motherhood a mark of God's blessing, so all was well for Paniah. And Hannah lived with a source of deep disappointment. The life of Hannah is a reminder that God cares about our requests and he is faithful to respond. We often approach God with a laundry list of wants and desires, but Hannah approached God with a single request, give your servant a son. Having children, especially sons, was of great importance in their culture. Hannah experienced great sorrow and disappointment in not providing a son for Elkaniah. Just as children were seen as a mark of God's blessings, childlessness was viewed as evidence that God was displeased with the family. Hannah lived with this, this stigma, stigma day after day, which is why this appears to have been her singular focus in prayer. Hannah is listed before Paniah. Panina and Elkanah. Hannah is listed before Paniah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So Elkanah probably married her first. Perhaps he married Paniah, Paniah, because of Hannah's inability to bear a child. 
polygamy, polygamy was never God's plan for marriage, and taking a second wife for the purpose of bearing children led only to strife and heartache. Genesis 6, 29 to 30. Genesis only has 16 verses, so they must misprint. There's verses. Huh? Chapter. Ja- Genesis chapter 16 okay. only has 16 verses. It only has 16 verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's talking about the chapters here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Penaniah's taunting was a constant reminder that Hannah wasn't enough. We may find ourselves in a sinless place of comparison and disappointment. In our struggle to be enough for others, we must remember we already are enough, indeed, more than enough in God's plan and kingdom. The grace and power of Christ was made sufficient anything we may think we lack, 2 Corinthians 12 to 9. We are made in the image of God and born through the price of the cross. The events in the early chapters of 1 Samuel coincided with what was happening in the closing part of the book of Judges. It was a point in Israel's history marked by a dark and depraved culture. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. Judges 21, 25. Elkaniah seemed to have a different heart, though. We made a yearly trek to Shiloh to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, an act that showed he fed and worshiped God. Elkaniah also seemed to be a gracious and loving husband. Hannah hurt deeply because of her barren state, and Elkaniah worked hard to comfort her and assure her of his love. Hannah's greatest need could only be met by an intervention from God himself. Through tears and pain, Hannah made her case before the Lord. She made a solemn vow that if God would answer her prayer, she would dedicate the child back to him. Many of us have had moments when we've had a conversation with God that included outlandish promises. We often made bargain with God, but Hannah's promise was different. Hannah laid everything on the line. She wanted God to hear the depth of her desire through the weeping tears of a desperate woman. We can learn four things from Hannah's prayer. One, she acknowledged God for who he is, the Lord of armies. Two, she was specific in her request, give your servant a son. Three, she submitted to God, identifying herself as your servant. Four, she was hopeful, I will give, I will give him to the Lord. Sometimes our prayers are specific like Hannah's, but often we approach prayer with a variety of requests. God may answer our prayers by saying yes, or like Hannah, it may be years before he answers. God may even tell us no. A no or different answer than what we ask is rooted in God's loving plan for us. God is not a a genie in a bottle ready to grant wishes, rather, He is a faithful God whose plan for our lives takes us beyond our finite requests. The story of Hannah is a reminder that God cares about our requests and he is faithful to respond. Until we have an answer from God, we, like Hannah, are to submit to him as faithful servants. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, now notice um, Elkanah's Okay, I had a dysfunctional family, as we would, would, would describe it today. Okay, uh, Hannah, wife number one, was childless. Her name meant, meant charming or gracious, uh, reflecting uh, Elkanah's, her husband's love for her. Penina, wife number two, produced many children, 
and her name meant prolific, reflecting her childbearing ability. Okay? Uh, she was dropping them like crazy. Tension between Hannah and Canina. Okay? But there was tension. There was tension between Penina and, Hina, and Hannah. Of course, the one who was having children was teasing the other one because she wasn't having any. Yeah. All right, of course, you can know that that would create tension. But you know, we want to be reminded that God's plan for marriage has always been one man and one woman for life. Yes. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Matthew 19, 5. However, some, uh, some other important women of faith in the Old Testament, Sarah, Rachel, had husbands who took other wives as well, frequently because of childlessness. And further, the kings also, like uh, David and Solomon, took additional wives. And those were out of political expediency. Uh, you know, they wanted to, to both countries to work well together, and so the king married the, the, the other government's daughter and so on and so forth. Right? Uh, but God's plan has always been one man, one woman uh, in marriage. Uh, let's look at the other passage because we don't have much time today. Uh, who want to take the other passage? Uh, 1 Samuel 1, 17 to 18 and 26 to 28. Excuse me. I was looking to see if any of them were. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. You remember the words yet? Just go over the back. Okay. Uh, and I'll read it. Eli okay. responded, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the refresh you made of him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. Then Hannah went on her way. She ate and no longer looked despondent. Please, my lord, she said, as surely as you live, my lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this boy, and since the Lord gave me what I asked for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then he worshipped the Lord there. Hmm. Hannah had poured her heart out to God weeping, but as she left the temple, she no longer looked despondent. The priest Eli assured her the Lord had heard her prayer, but ultimately, Hannah's trust wasn't in Eli's assurance, but in the God who answers. Her concerns and possible, possibly her anxiousness turned into peace. She gained the peace that comes from relinquishing your desires for God's will, much like the peace Paul described in Philippians 4, 6-7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, yes. present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God answered Hannah's prayer by enabling her to give birth to a son. She gave him the name Samuel, which means heard of God, a reminder God heard Hannah's prayer. Hannah's name means grace, a fitting picture of God's favor to a barren woman. God hears our request and offers grace to us when we don't deserve it. Many churches have parent de dedications a time of celebration and commitment. Parents must weigh the implications of giving their children to the Lord. Entrusting our children to God is a lifelong process of letting go, giving up our control, releasing them to God for His purposes and for His glory. Amen. 
Hannah surely had those thoughts when God answered her prayers, and she realized her vow to the Lord would mean giving up the very thing she had so desperately wanted. Yet, we see no regret when she brought Samuel to Eli. I prayed for this boy, and since the Lord gave me what I asked him for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Hannah knew that children are God's gift, just as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 127.3. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. Now she gave that gift back to God. Some of my greatest heroes are not the missionaries who take the Gospels overseas, but their parents. They've raised children they really see because of God's call. They can't simply drive a few miles to spend time with their grandchildren. Thankfully, technology has made oh, yes. it easy to stay in touch. Yes. Hannah <laughs> stayed in touch with her son. She returned every year to the temple, bringing Samuel a gift of a new robe. First Samuel 2.19. She never abandoned Samuel. She merely gave him back to God and trusted his life in the hands of the Creator. Then we read that God later blessed Hannah with five additional children. Wow. Verse 21. Okay. Very good. So we see how uh, God answered Hannah's prayer. Yes. Uh, but look at question number two. When have you prayed for something for a long time? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Sister Beth? Yeah, it was 11 years until God blessed us with uh, being able to adopt Joanna. And we had many no's. Mm. Many no's. Okay. Yes, you can. And then no, they changed their mind after the baby was born or just before the baby was born. So, um, you know, our children are just as precious to us as any biological children. Because Praise the Lord. God gave them. Amen. Yes. Only God could have given us yeah. those children. Yeah. Good. Amen. Yeah, good. Any, anybody else prayed for something for a long time? <laughs> From that time, my children be saved. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. God will answer in his time and in his way. That's right. Okay, so notice um, notice the interaction between Eli and Hannah, uh, verses 12 to 16. Elkanah noticed, Eli noticed Hannah while she was praying. Her lips were moving. But he could not hear her words. So he assumed she was drunk. drunk. Okay. She was all uh, <coughs> intoxicated. Hannah explained that she was pouring out her heart to the Lord. That's right. And uh, she wasn't drunk. She wasn't. Uh, notice, um, after they returned home, Hannah conceived. She named her son Samuel. Samuel. Why? Because God hears. Yes, God hears. God has heard or, God, or, or, or asked of God. And so she kept Samuel at home until, and nursed him until he was able to, until he was weaned. And then she kept her promise. You know, uh, she wasn't like some of those people that uh, promises to bet them and then when the baby came, she, they changed their mind. Okay, she kept her promise. And uh, she took the baby. Boy, that must have been difficult for her, wasn't it? I mean, all those times praying for a child, and there's nothing like reality. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then the child comes, and uh, she gets attached to that child for all that time. It must have been really, really difficult for her to, just to keep that promise. Yes. But she did. Yes. 
She did. And uh, and and God blessed her for that. Yes. At the end of the past week, she had how many more? Five. Five more children. God blessed her. Okay. Uh, question number three: What characteristics of God? What characteristics of God give you assurance to trust Him? He's faithful. He is faithful. That's what we've been singing about this morning, right? Great is thy faithfulness. Yes. You can't beat that. God is faithful. Okay, next we will see Hannah's prayer of praise to God. Who want to take that one? That's the last one. Three verses. Hannah
Mary has surely learned the friend of Hannah and what we say. In her own circumstances, unlike Hannah, Mary had not prayed for a child, yet she recognized as Hannah did. But God was at work to do something great. When Shona discovered she was pregnant with her third child, she and her husband Gary were surprisingly excited. This blessing was coming to the end back then. Then their son was born with cancer young. They only asked God one question What would are you doing in the father's life? Instead of saying, Preston has a burden to bear. They saw it as a privilege to share him with the world. Their son is a gift from the Lord, opening the door for ministry to hundreds of families, to special hands and work programs. Gary and Shonanel responded to God's evil plan for their lives. When they realized he, he opened the door to ministry, they might not have understand, understood without having Preston. Their response to Preston's life is a continual life of worship and praise. Many times God answered prayer exactly the way we pray. But most of us have also waited a long time for us or are still waiting for God to answer deeply for many of us. It may seem that an unconstitutional painful circumstances is far away. Don't give up. Continue to pray in faith. Trust Him for the outcome and be persistent in your petition. Mm -hmm. Jesus invites us to be persistent. Luke chapter 18, verse 14. And when He answers, be equally persistent yep. in your praise and worship. Amen. Okay, so we noticed that um, Hannah was indeed uh, persistent. And I praise. Notice the explanations of Hannah's prayer. Praise to God in verse 1. She says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Yes. This revealed the depth of her gratitude and her ongoing practice of praise. And then she uses that phrase, My horn, it refers to a visible sign of strength and power. And that's what God was to her, always. She said, My mouth boasts over my enemies. Who do you think she was talking about? Benaya. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. Most likely the enemy to whom Hannah was referred to is Benaya, uh, who, who is described as Hannah's rival in verse 6. Yep. Paul referred to boasting in the Lord as well uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 31. Notice, uh, because I rejoice in your salvation. In the Old Testament, salvation can, be, can mean rescue from an enemy or deliverance from a problem. So your salvation can be deliverance from a problem you have, just disgusting neighbor, yeah. uh, a friend who really isn't a friend at all. Okay, salvation. But notice two things that stand out uh, in verses 2 and 3. God's holiness and God's infinite knowledge. God is a holy God yes. and his knowledge is 
unparalleled, infinite. Question number four. Why is praise an important part of prayer? Well, you can't just go to God with requests without acknowledging His holiness, His faithfulness, His lovingness, and His awesomeness. Exactly. You, you just can't have the gimme's all the time, right? No. No, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, give me the next without saying, Lord, thank you. Yes. Okay. So God is prayer, prayer, prayer and praise will go hand in hand, hand, hand. Two sides of the same coin. Yes. Question number five. What are some practical ways to show gratitude to God? Helping others. Helping others. Okay. God, you help me. I'm going to help somebody else. Yes. They call it, uh, what do you call it? Putting it forward? Putting it forward. That's why he blesses you. Yes. So that you can be a blessing to others. That's right. But somebody take the blessing and say, Oh Lord, I thank you so much. All for me, baby. Selfish. Selfish. Okay, so there, 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 I'm sure there are some other practical ways yes. uh, that we can think of. But our time is gone here. So let's look at, live it out. How we can flesh this lesson out today as we go forward during the course of the week. Page 47. Be intentional this week to bring your request to God with persistence. Recognize the benefit of having flexibility in your schedule at this season of life to have more time for prayer. Consider these ways to pray with faith and persistence. Number one, pray. If you're not in the habit of praying, begin. Do more than just offer quick casual prayers. Set aside time each day for an uninterrupted conversation with God with no distractions. Go in the closet. And then pray with others. Take the initiative to share your needs with others and pray together. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I, I am there yeah. among them. Yeah. On the Matthew 8, 19, 20. 18, 19, 20. And then pray with a journal. Mm-hmm. Begin a prayer journal or write down your prayer requests. Record scriptures that speak of God's character and his plans for your life. Journal about the ways you see God working in the midst of your need. Okay, so we have three things here that we can do as a direct application of the lesson today about Hannah's, Hannah's faith that prays. And I trust that you will take that advice. Uh, remember, God hears our prayers when we pour out our hearts to him. We need to praise God for his answers to our prayers and trust him while we wait for him. In other words, you pray and you trust God to work. You pray and they said, Lord, man, you're taking too long. I need to do something to myself. Okay? You pray and you wait and you trust God. Yes. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers and answering our prayers. Help us to trust you as we wait on you to provide the answers we need and not necessarily what we want. We thank you for the opportunity once again to gather in your presence in class this morning. We pray, Lord, as we leave this this room, but not your presence, that you would bless the service as we celebrate fathers today. We pray, O oh God, that you would bless our hearts as your manservant brings the word, and that you would help us to be re- receptive to what you will say to us and make the necessary application. This we pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.